Welcome to Trail Mix, where Mary and Jody sort through life's fruits, sweets, and nuts. Mary Tomlinson and Jody Dreyer, who met when their paths crossed as Disney executives, are now advisors, speakers, and authors, and I'm excited to say podcasters. They can't wait to share life stories and experiences, insightful and practical takeaways, encouragement, and you can always count on full-out honesty and lots of laughs along the way. Ready for some Trail Mix? Let's mix it up with Mary and Jody. So today, Jody, we're going to talk about the rules we do live by. We did one episode on the rules we don't live by, so we're going to flip it today. And I'm going to kick off with two rules that to me are actually laws. Um, there's, there's two laws in my life. One is if you're at the beach, you must watch a sunrise. It's just a law. You just oh. have to do it. Um, there's just... Yeah, you just have to. And then the other law I have is if you go to a movie, you have to order popcorn. That's I just I just think that should be a law. I don't think there should be any options because those two things just go together. So those are two of my rules. That is so funny about the popcorn. So even if like you are not hungry or something, you just do it because Absolutely. you can't enjoy no, the movie. It's a law. You you have to have okay. it. You have to have it. Now, Although it is ridiculously expensive, we just went to a, we went to a movie this weekend and ordered a small popcorn and a small drink. How much do you think those two things cost? Oh no, I can't even. Probably more than the movie. Fourteen dollars. Wow, just insane. Wow, it's insane. That is but insane. it's a loss, so you have to do no, it. No, you might you might have to get a new rule. No, no, no. It's a Give law. it up. It's a law. Okay, now I'm married into a rule that okay. I am going to start with. That when you go somewhere, once you've committed, you stay until the end. Oh. Especially sports, because I brought that up because remember when we went to that blowout oh, hockey gosh. game yeah. and you know he john dreyer is in it to win it i mean he's like we're here we're doing it we're staying it now the only time is we were at a baseball game and it was extra innings i can't remember how many but i mean it was one of those where it it just went on and on and on and it was a work you know we had to be at work early the next morning and i was like begging for mercy i was like can we please leave and it wasn't one where i was super you know it wasn't whoever one was going to go to the world series or something oh my but goodness now it's different if you're at the event versus so you can turn off a game, oh. let's say, on TV okay. if, if it's a blowout or something. But if, if you've made the commitment, <laughs> like you've bought the ticket, you've parked your car, you've, you know, settled in, then you're going to stay till the finish. Like oh it makes them crazy goodness. when it's like a tie game and half the place People will get leave. up to leave because it's like, let's get out of the parking lot early. <laughs> Well, I, I will admit we're probably in that second bucket. We we leave. No. We, we, no, we walk in going, well, I think we'll stay till maybe halftime or the third quarter. Yeah, that, that's good. And then we just, that's it. Right, so you already have your exit plan when you start. <laughs> we do. We do. I no, mean, that's crazy. Yeah, then, no, that's not a rule we live by. Um, we just yeah. don't. No, that's I've totally funny. embraced it. I never would have known it was one of my rules, but yeah. now that I'm married into the rule, mm -hmm. I'm all in. Wow. I think it's a good one. Speaking of time, I have another one. So my dad, um, you know, used to always say, 
early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. <laughs> There's a lot of unacceptable people in this world. I would say probably 85% of the world is not on time. No, but that was one of his biggies. I mean, that was a big rule in our family where he was like, it's rude. It's like saying to somebody, your time is more valuable than yeah. their time. It's and true. I mean, he would get really cranky pants at us. And yeah. sometimes when we were going to parties, my sister and I, we used to laugh and we had this joke where we would have him drop us off around the block and then we would just wait <laughs> until a couple minutes after. I mean, because you, yeah. you don't want to be the first one there that yeah. half the time it's like, do you want us to help you set up? Yeah. You know, yes. I mean, we'd be there so early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that that's a rule Bill and I live by as being prompt and we realize what weirdos we are because nobody is prompt. No, nobody is. And, and, you know, people would say the party starts at eight o'clock. So we would be there at eight o'clock and we were the first people there. And so, but it's, it's kind of just kind of part of us. It, it, we just kind of back up so that we're walking out of the house at the right time. I'm the same way with meetings. I am always there early. Um, you know, it's, it, yeah, that, that it is a rule I live by, but I realize how odd it is in this <laughs> yeah. world. That you're the only one. Yes. It's very we'll see odd. company. Yeah. No, I was raised on that one. And even now, you know, if I am kind of running late, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's right. Dad like is looking down. Go, dun, dun, dun. Dad is looking down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, as I talk about work, another rule that I have about work is that you can love your work. I can't tell you <gasps> Good one. how many people I talk to who have resigned themselves to a job they don't like and people they don't like and a schedule that is stressing. And when we start doing kind of personal coaching, they are just incredulous when I say, you can love your work. It is possible. And that just has not entered into their brain um, that it's even possible. I mean, they've just associated work with being awful and they've resigned themselves to it. And I am totally opposed to that. And, um, you know, just really work hard to help them do kind of the internal discovery of the type of work they love to do, how they are wired, what they are great at, and to just preach it that you can find it. It, 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 it. We spend too much of our life at work to not like it or worse, to hate it. And it is possible to love your work. I had a similar one, but with a slight twist that is work is a good thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I have a friend who's a nurse and she teaches nursing and I mean, she's just wicked smart and so good at it. And I remember they were having a purpose kind of class and about gifts and, and how we're all, um, you know, God gives us certain gifts. And it was at a church that I was going to, and we were pretty new to the church. And I remember this woman, just peppy, smart, you know, so pretty, you know, stood up and she said, she started talking about these really intense, like heart disease and, mm -hmm. you know, emergency things. And she said, but you know, each day that, you know, someone, 
I love heart disease because there's an answer and you get to it. And I thought, I want to know her. And her name's Sue. And we became, you know, great friends. And uh, she just was so passionate about her work. And she used to always say, you know, work is a good thing. Mm. And if, you know, we're called to something and you feel like you can make a difference. And, and I thought, you know, here's somebody, I mean, she does like trauma and heart and lung. I mean, like really intense mm -hmm. and just loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, didn't love that people obviously were not well, but felt that her calling was to help them get better. I also see that a lot um, with my family and, and, my cousins that are on the family farm and it's just a part of who they are and they get so passionate when they talk about it and when they're working the land and they see how they've planted and they cultivate and and it's just work is is sustaining in life and it's not you know what you drag around in this terrible way so we both agree on that one yeah on that yeah. rule to live by well, and it, again, for me, another rule I live by, um, before I get started with my day and all the things I need to do, it's just a rule is I have got to have some quiet time just to say my prayers, to be quiet, to meditate, to kind of fill up, I guess, before I embark on the day. Um, I actually heard something that said, you know, the first 30 minutes of your day are particularly impactful because your body and your brain is making the transition from sleep to being awake. And it is, you know, very pliable in that transition. And what you um, expose to the brain in those first 30 minutes has a huge impact on the day. And I've used this with people when we've talked about, you know, what do you do in your first 30 minutes of the day? And a lot of them say, well, I turn on the news. And you just go, okay, so what do you think the messages that that is imprinting on your brain for the day ahead versus what could you do with those first 30 minutes to just really enable you to, to move into the day with a right frame of mind? So for me, a rule is I've got to find some time. And it, it probably, it started for me years and years ago and the, the minutes I used were probably five minutes. And you know, for me, I'd rather have like 30 to 45 minutes just to, really settle my heart and my mind before the day ahead. So a rule for me is I got to start the day with quiet time. That's interesting because I had one about focus. Mm -hmm. And one of the favorite things that I love to say, a Jody quote, is that where we focus, we live. Mm -hmm. And so it came, I've thought a lot about it. Ever since I read, there's a great Psalm, Psalm 1-2, that says, meditate to the point of delight ah. and it's about you know meditating and and really thinking on and where your heart is you can delight in that but you will also go there you mm. will focus and again not that you can change things that happen around you all the circumstances or things but i just think the point exactly that you're making is that so often you know, we can dwell and just keep going down into this pit yeah. and then we wonder why we're in a pit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it is a lot about about getting getting your mind in the right place, which 
another one thinking of starting your day is, and this is Disney. I know you always tease me that everything goes back to Disney, but I love the analogy about getting in line and that sometimes people think, oh my gosh, you know, you go to Disney and you wait in lines to get in the attraction, but so much fun happens in line and the anticipation. And if you don't get in the line, you never get to see the great attraction. <laughs> so I think it's such a great life analogy. And one of my rules that I live by is just get in line. Like you never know, there's no harm in trying. You might fail, you yeah. might succeed, but you'll always learn something. You'll always, you know, discover things if you get in the line. And there's a Walt quote, you know, gotta have a Walt quote that goes along with that, that says, get in not just choose but get in be a part of it and then it goes on for a while and then at the end it says look and see and out of it might come something okay. so you there just you never know no i think know? that's great i guess my first thought is okay so i would rather go in an off peak so there's shorter <laughs> so there's not a line see you're a you're a line hater I, yeah i'm like okay how can i avoid the line um, but I think the, the concept of, you know, try things, you know, you gotta, you gotta line up, um, you gotta jump in. Um, another one of mine, and I will admit this comes from me growing up, uh, watching my mom uh, struggle with her marriage, well, her struggle with two marriages. So when I got married, um, Bill and I just kind of started down our path and it was quite bumpy and I remember one time I said to him so on a scale of one to ten how you know ten being fabulous what would you give our marriage and he said well I'd give it a real solid seven and he thought that was a good thing and I kind of had to share a rule I live by is Bill I need a ten or nothing um, and so as we do that's pressure mar marriage mentoring I just say okay you guys it's a, it's got to be a 10 and if it's not a 10 then there's still work to be done I mean we, we've just we I you know it's just like work you want to love work because you spend so much time there you want to you know love your spouse because you spend so much time there so I, to me it's it's always thinking about all right how can I make it better how can I either make it a 10 or keep it a 10 because um, if it's not a 10 then we still have work to do so I, I think that's just part of my kind of all or nothing uh, philosophy and again I know it comes from my own upbringing but it's still a rule I live by I love the aspiration of it <laughs> but doesn't it then get depressed I mean it's sort of like you know good versus perfection. Mm -hmm. I understand you want to strive for perfection, but then don't you think sometimes you give up or you walk away if it's not perfect? No, like I mean, what happens if you strive for a 10, but you're a eight? Then I'd say, why isn't it a 10? What does a 10 look like? Right. How so can you we keep get trying. there? Oh, no, no. Right. I'm not saying that every moment of every day it's a 10 because it's not. But if I have to look at it overall, and I could, I can truly look at my marriage and say it is an eight. Then I think, or and then your spouse says it's a seven. Then I think it is worth the conversation that says, what's a ten look like for you? Mm -hmm. What's it look like for me? Okay, how can we move closer? 
so as not to resign ourselves to a really solid seven and a half. That I love. I'll take that. I'll take that. The other one was giving me a little stress. No, like, it's not a minute by minute. No, we've had times this weekend when it wasn't a 10. But, you know, in okay. general, we're still we're still there and strive. We know that 10 is our goal. Okay. <laughs> one, of, one of mine, personally, that I think is we don't do enough is speaking of perfection and letting us is that um you have what it takes i think we all Hmm. walk around thinking like i wish i was that and i wish i was this and i don't have enough to do this and i'm not good enough to do that and so it's that a little bit of be yourself but it's also not just be yourself and be disappointed with that but it's sort of what you're saying with marriage but personally mm-hmm. like we have what it takes to be successful right now success is going to look different for mm-hmm. each person mm-hmm. but which then goes back to get in line and go for it right you know and i think one of my favorites so my sister got me started when she was teaching especially with the littles one of her favorite books was dr seuss oh the places you'll go mm-hmm. and she introduced me to this book and the punchline i hope i'm not ruining it for anyone that hasn't read dr seuss oh the places you'll go but it says today is your day your mountain is waiting so get on your way and i just think you know mm-hmm. that whole notion of you can climb a mountain. You have what it takes. The mountain's out there. And seeing that as a good thing, yeah. I think, is is a good uh, rule to live by. Yeah, and as, as we go on that journey, it reminds me of another one of my rules. Uh, and I have a rule of no regrets. Mm. And what that looks like is that at every step or juncture of my life when I am having to make a decision of do I go this way or that way? Do I make this decision or do I make that decision? It's going through a very thoughtful process to make the very best decision I can at the time because I do not know the future. And going through the process and being thoughtful and intentional and reflective and then making a decision and then moving forward and then not looking back. Because, you know, well, like, for example, I when I went through the process to leave Disney in 2001, it was July of 2001, and I just felt in my heart, I had been thinking about it and praying about it for a long time, and I made the decision to step away from this very secure job out into, I didn't even know what. I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't going to anything. But I know that I made the very best decision at the time. This was July of 2021. This was months before 9-11. Now, if Mm. I wasn't careful, I could have said, well, that was a dumb decision. I shouldn't have left in July of 2021. This was coming and it makes a huge impact on me trying to start a business and the world is so much different. But my rule of no regrets is to say, I had no idea that was coming. And so I made the very best decision I could at the time. And so I must live with that decision and move forward. This looking back and beating ourselves up over things that we didn't even know we're gonna happen is is just kind of you know a a lot of wasted energy and time so 
my my own rule for myself is no regrets make decisions based on what you know at the time and then step forward as you've talked about um, and don't look back and second guess yourself because if you truly did the hard work then you did the best you could at the time and you can have no regrets which my tag team to that one I learned at Disney and one of my favorite jobs at Disney is keep dancing so when we were being trained to dance in the parades, it talked about, you know, if you miss a step or if you stumble or if the music stops or, you know, all the things that could, the parade of horribles where you would just stop in place. And they said, your number one job is to keep dancing. That's good. And I thought, that is a rule I want to live by. Right. Just keep dancing. <laughs> you know, the music stops. Okay, fine. You right. know, we're out of control. We, I don't know what I'm doing. I just fell down. Right. Whatever. Keep, keep on dancing. going. That's a good You one. know, That's so I thought one. that was a good rule to live by. I like that. Another one for me is the realization that I do not know the whole story. In our world these days, there is so much division, there is so much anger uh, politically, or if you talk about the virus, or if you look at well-publicized well trials, and everybody has an opinion. Um, people with bad behaviors, I continue to say to myself, I do not know the whole story. And, and, and sometimes it's even things that happen that are bad and people go, well, you believe in God. How could God, a good God, do these things? I don't know. I don't know the whole story. So I am always very cautious about being adamant about an opinion about something. You know, even s simple things like, you know, are the vaccines safe? I think, I, you know, I'm going to make a decision to do this, but I, I will tell you, I don't know the whole story. And for those that oppose it, I don't know the whole story in their mind and heart on why they choose not to get vaccinated. I've seen people having very strong opinions on well-publicized trials um, of whether they think somebody is guilty or innocent. I'm not in the courtroom. I don't know the whole story. So it just... It, it keeps me very mindful of having very strong opinions about things because I don't know the whole story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you're moving through those times, you know, one of my rules to, to live by that I always think about is, and it comes from Tim Keller, one of my favorite, uh, you know, he's the pastor, started Redeemer Church in New York, and he always talks about um, that we don't know what's happening with everyone. And then he talks about as we are trying to figure things out and to move, that the only way out is through. Mm -hmm. He always says that. And I think yeah. rather, you know, the context I'm sort of putting it in is when we're working through things with each other or as a community or individually, you know, right. the only way out is through and how can we thoughtfully move through those and not, um, and not judge other people and, you know, not be so quick to, you know, jump with our opinion. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So I may not know the whole story about most things, but one rule I live by that I do know is trail mix is food. All right. It has all (laughs) kinds of nutrients. I know that. That's a rule I live by. So the rule I live by is to completely enjoy and be committed to trail mix and certainly not to forget the chocolate. Or the popcorn. You can find all of our Trail Mix episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love you to rate and give us a review. And follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Look for Trail Mix Pod with a picture of Trail Mix. To learn more about us, check out our new website, trailmixpod.com. It was great to have you. Thanks for listening to Trail Mix, sorting through life's fruits, sweets, and nuts. Keep mixing it up. And remember, life is nuts. So don't forget the chocolate or the popcorn. Mm